Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hello again. Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast exploring all things HR in just 15 minutes. I am back, Eric Foodham, Chief Operating Officer here at Prestige PEO, joining you once again today as your host. And again, I am excited to be here as we are thrilled to welcome back David Sharp to the show. David is the founder of Illuminate PMC and creator of the FTF Burnout Proof Culture Model. David's also a, a keynote speaker, consultant, and training expert specializing in business psychology and corporate culture development. He utilizes decades of research and leadership experience to help businesses attract, retain, and motivate and motivate top talent. Okay, so today we are going to continue our conversation on the idea of burnout. Um, we'll do some review from our last episode, and we want to make sure that maybe we address a little bit more of how employers can address burnout. Um, David's going to specific, specifically focus as well on COVID-19 um, and how that might have affected uh, employee morale, right? And we'll, we'll talk about what employees can do to mitigate some of the more subtle and long-term impacts of the pandemic. And um, what, what I also want to just discuss really quick is the actual model itself. And um, David will just recap, um, again, the six steps towards a, a burnout-proof culture, because um, we all need to get there. Um, David, thank you again for joining us. Um, how are you doing? Thank you, Eric. This is uh, great to be here again, um, and I'm I'm doing good. I think uh, that's become a complicated question through uh, through the pandemic. It used to be you couldn't say anything but great when somebody said how are you how are you doing, and then it became insensitive to say great. And I don't know where we are now, but I'm doing okay. That's what counts. <laughs> We're, we're, we're doing amazing. How's that? <laughs> that? That's great. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Um, you know, to get started, I, I would love our audience just to understand a little bit or do a quick recap on the, the burnout proof model that, that you've created. I think it's powerful stuff that, you know, we should just make sure that we understand how, how this, how, how, how it works and how we can, you know, think about it. So could you walk us through, you know, some of those steps? Sure. So when I when I talk to people about what I do and how I help overcome burnout and and things like that, they they ask me so specifically, what do you do? And I and I tell them like, well, sometimes we have to work on selection, and sometimes we have to work on training and development, and so that. And they're like, so you do everything? And I'm like, yeah, kinda, because while we look at burnout as like this is an issue right now. Uh, I really focus on building a burnout proof culture and how do you do that? Well, it has to follow the entire employee uh, life cycle within the organization. And so, um, it, and it really starts with the birth of the organization itself, that, that initial spark, right? An organization that wants to avoid burnout needs to start with a big reason, a big why. They need to start with a mission and a vision and core values and not just put on the wall. And I know that that's said so often, but it is so essential that this is something that you live. So the first step is to develop those things and, and live those things. Um, and the second step would be to then take a look at all of the policies that you have. You know, we have these written policies and then we have the culture 
uh, which is which are these like unwritten policies almost, right? The habits of the organization. And and we need to look at those things and decide what actually is helping us get to that vision or complete our mission and what is just part of the bureaucracy or just sort of benchmark from other organizations or we do it just because that's the way it's always been done. And we need to take out all of that stuff and get rid of all of that stuff that's just noise getting in the way of why we show up every day. And that's not to say that we don't do the mundane tasks, but mundane tasks are not necessarily trivial tasks. And that's what we have to make sure uh, that, that we are differentiating there. The third step would be employee selection. And that means getting the right people on board who share the core values, who are going to challenge you. You don't want to fill up you know, an organization with a bunch of yes men and yes women. Uh, and, and also that they have the proper expectations and you have the proper expectations of them. Finally, there's support and then development. So we need to build into our organization opportunities for us as leadership to support our people, but also build in um, ways for employees to support each other, both, both emotionally and also with the work itself. Um, and, and also simultaneously help people develop. Training and development is key. When we talk about what's happened over this pandemic, so many people are feeling stagnant at work because everything got, uh, we pushed pause on everything. And so um, we really need to offer these opportunities for development or you're not gonna keep these people or worse, you're gonna keep them and they're gonna be completely burned out. And then finally, stoking the flame when you've got the fire lit. And that means we have to continue to pump in the meaning and continue to pump in the support and the development and otherwise get out of our employees' ways. Let them do the work that they are there to do. This is amazing stuff. I have to tell you, the, your, your model is, is, you know, it's funny. It, do, it doesn't necessarily just eliminate burnout. It also builds an organization. If you really think about it, these are the things that, you know, every organization should have, whether it's core values, um, you, you know, whether it's just the, your mission, why are you doing something right? That is the most, pro these are, these concepts are the most powerful um you know tenors of an organization and you know they create a long-term viability of success you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely the, when you do these things incredibly well it builds beyond engagement it builds yeah. meaning in work but when you uh when you do them well and then drop the ball that creates burnout right totally makes perfect sense and potentially you know, going into like our topic of COVID-19, that, that's probably what's happened here over the last year and change, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like how, how is, how in your, in your view has COVID-19 affected us as society, as, you know, a working environment? How, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, I think a lot has happened here clearly, but uh, uh, core to it all, I think, is that the world pushed pause for most of us. Uh, to some extent. And uh, when the world completely shifted and there was this revolutionary change, 
uh, your employees who may have been resistant to change. You know, so many of the employees in your organization, unfortunately, it's very often the case that they're there because they don't love change. They don't want to leave. They, it's comfortable. Well, nobody is comfortable now. And so the door has been opened for these people to go and find different work or a different career. Um, so you've got to argue, uh, you've got to, you've got to be able to back up the, the meaningful piece. What is it that your work does besides for providing them a paycheck? And uh, as we all reevaluated our lives, that's what people are going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for something more from their work. You know, overwhelmingly, um, there are way too many, in my opinion, uh, women and specifically mothers who are saying that they are not planning on re-entering the workforce after uh, COVID. That is really scary when we look at the wage gap and we look at diversity and women in the workplace. This could set us back a decade. And part of it is that we're reevaluating our lives and deciding what's important for us. And if work is nothing but a paycheck and a headache, uh, I wouldn't expect people to stick around for long. Well, it's really funny. I was going to, I'm going to ask the question, a simplistic question, because, but I don't think it's so simple. So, so, you know, kind of understanding what has happened and the fact that, you know, employees and, and just people in general have been resistant to change or are resistant to change in general. Right, you would think that now that we're getting back to some type of normalized society that. Hey, listen, things are going back to normal. Um, the concept of burnout should, you know, kind of be eliminated because a lot of the change that we've experienced and negative change goes away, but that's not that that's not the case and potentially there are unintended consequences over what's gone on over the past year. Right. Right, absolutely. Change normal is now a change. If everybody's been working from home and now you're bringing them back, that's additional change. Yep. And so the doors have been open to change, and we've got to balance that against change fatigue, which is when there's so much change, people get overwhelmed by that change, and that's a really good reason for people to to exit an organization. And so there is no just flipping the switch back to what it was. Anything that you do now is going to be a change. So every organization should be getting with their employees and collectively and collaboratively discussing what about this do we want to hold on to? What mm. worked for us during this? And what else do we want to adjust or go back to quote unquote normal? Uh, but I think it's become clear to so many employees and, and leaders that, that there was a lot that was happening that wasn't normal. It was our normal, but it wasn't normal. It, it, it didn't make sense that we weren't teleworking. It didn't make sense that we were um, putting up barriers and, 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 and ignoring the whole person at work until we were then zooming into everyone's living rooms. You know, there's so much that, that needed to change and uh, we shouldn't reject that. Yeah, we shouldn't reject it. And it, I think it just happened so fast because we were forced to that, um, you, you know, that it's going to take some time to to really understand the new the new luck of, of the workplace. Um, let me ask you, um, what, what did you find any particular industries that like kind of suffered more than others during, you know, this last, you know, pandemic year? Yeah, so I, I found that. Um, organizations and industries 
that changed more and were not set up to change, uh, you know, seem to have like much greater burnout. Um, but when you look at uh, unique organization or unique industries um, that that sort of that sort of experience this uniquely, uh, I look at at things like teachers and police officers as well. Um, you know, teachers in the beginning of the pandemic were seen as heroes as kids were going home and we all had to watch our kids virtually learning and see everything that their teachers put up with. Teachers were heroes for making those adjustments and for us finally seeing what they actually put up with from our kids every day. Um, and then at the beginning of this school year, when many of the teachers and teachers unions were pushing back and saying, we're not ready to go back yet, it's not safe to go back yet, teachers became vilified by many people. And so the experience of teachers going from being the hero to the villain, uh, it flipped, flipped their whole narrative on their head. And that, and that was incredibly challenging for many educators. And the same thing, similar things happened with police officers, right? So um, with, a, with the horrible um, uh, death of George Floyd on national television, um, there's been this, this um, uh, pushback and, and push to um, change the way we do policing. And wherever you fall on that issue, uh, whatever you think of that issue, the bottom line is that if you are a police officer who went in it and thought of themselves as a hero, and now you turn on the media and you see yourself as a villain, that's going to flip the narrative on its head. And that's incredibly hard to sort of wrap your head around and, and, and leads to almost instantaneous burnout uh, when you lose that sense of significance uh, that we all strive to find in our careers. Yeah, I mean, just just the stress on that and the vilification itself, you know, kind of going, you know, being being just not viewed as as influential as you need to be as you are um, is off is awful. It's awful, um, and and I'm sure. So so that being said, you know, all in all, I mean, where do we go from here? What lessons should we be taking? From this whole pandemic as the workplace changes and and potentially as some of our you know whether you're a police officer teacher or anyone else that has gone through this drastic change in perception where do we go from here you know in the beginning of the pandemic there were these memes going out we're all everyone was saying we're all in the same boat we're all in the same boat and and then there was this great meme that i started seeing that that said we may all be in the same storm but we are not in the same boat Mm. Right. And so I think that's an incredible lesson that 2020 was this collective experience for us, but we didn't all experience it in the same way. And so there were very significant differences based on who we are, based on our demographics, often uh, based on our psychological makeup. Um, there were so many differences in in how we experience this. I have five children at home. You know, my wife, five kids, a 120-pound dog. At no point during this pandemic did I feel lonely or like I was in desperate need of a hug. You know, but there were other people that were completely isolated. 
And, and that was their experience. And so, uh, understanding that when this pandemic is way behind us, your employees, select employees will be experiencing their own 2020 all the time. There will be somebody there who's experiencing their personal 2020. And so I think empathy is incredibly important right now and something that we can't lose. I also think that with all of the changes that have happened, we need to move on. Uh, but we need to move forward. We cannot move back, like we said. And so um, bringing people into the fold and, and collaboratively working on connecting with our mission and what this is all about, I think people are thirsty to, to make a difference and to connect with their significance again. Completely agree. That is, that is, that is very powerful, what, what you just said. And um, I, I hope we all can, can learn, move forward, uh, maybe not get a 120 pound dog, but, um, <laughs> but, but really understand who we are and who we want to be going forward. Um, David, let me ask you, have, have you had some fun here today? This has been absolutely great. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And, and thank you for everything you've provided uh, today and in a prior episode. Um, really, really rich stuff. Um, I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about David, please, please, please visit illuminatepmc.com. Um, that is spelled I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E-P-M-C.com. Um, check out more episodes of HR and 15. So you can also search for HR and 15 on your uh, favorite podcast app or visit us at www.hrn15.com. David, thank you so much again. Um, I, I look forward to, um, to, to our next conversation that I have with you because you, you really kind of really make us think. And, that, and that's a great thing. So thank, thank you. you again. Um, until next time, everyone. Thank you so much. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.